Everyone has a story. What's yours? Michael. And this is Monumental, a small show about the big things that God does in the lives of ordinary people. This week we're talking with Annie. Annie is married to Max, who's one of our pastors, and they live in the house right next door to our church. Like a parsonage right next door. But this has not been her life goal, as she's about to tell us. But I think that's all you need to know for right now. In our 40s, early 40s, we had three children. Ben was in high school at the time. Allie was in grade school. Kimmy was just a toddler. My husband was working at the time for Frito-Lay, and he had been a pastor of a, of a church plant and working at Frito-Lay. Our church just fell apart. God changed our hearts, and we became Reformed, and many of the leaders in the church did not, didn't like that. So anyway, there were some splits and some really difficult times, but our church just kind of dwindled off and, and fell apart. So that was, I wanted to just kind of look at that and put it behind us and move on. And we were living on a small farm um, just outside of Toledo, Ohio. We were just over the border into Michigan, and we really enjoyed living there, especially me. I say that I was a pioneer woman in a container, because I, I love Pioneer Woman. I don't know if any of you have ever yeah. heard of Pioneer Woman and her recipes yeah. and all in her life, but that's the kind of life I, I liked. So you love Pioneer Woman, and you also love containers. And I love right? containers. And it, so I, I liked being in this, because it, it was like being in a container, because it was like our, my own little world mm. of ruralness or yeah. farmness, mm. and I liked it. I mean, when you say a small farm, was this like? Uh, we had 30 acres, and a, okay. but the house was small. Okay. I didn't have a lot of stresses from the world outside. Mm-hmm. It was pretty much easy. If Pastor Max was, was working at Frito-Lay, was the farming part of it mostly for fun and for your own use, or were you like? Yeah, I would say it was a hobby farm. Max was working for Frito-Lay at the time, but he would leave really early in the morning. He would get home earlier in the day so he could still do some work when he got home. We had chickens and turkeys and guineas. At one point, we had a couple of pigs. We had a steer one time that we raised for beef goats at one point, but not milk goats. Mm-hmm. They were really kind of like pets. Yeah, yeah, just more for fun. Yeah. <laughs> and then we had a couple cats and a dog. You know, we did the 4-H thing and the farm auctions and the and the fair and all that kind of stuff that goes with a little hobby farm. Yeah. yeah. So we did raise some of our own vegetables and stuff, but it was really just for fun. Oh, we had honeybees too. Oh. And that was fun. Oh, that- that's fun. So you guys were in your early 40s and then... We living were, an idyllic life in the country. Yeah. At least it was for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think 
Max liked it too. It was fun to watch him. We built a barn and mm-hmm. he made, he put up a fence with Ben and made chicken coops and, mm-hmm. you know, just, it was, it was fun for him too. Did he have intention of going back into the ministry or was, or? He was kind of um, reeling for a while from everything that happened. And then we were going to a small Baptist church just because we needed to go to a church. Mm-hmm. I don't think we left, let a Sunday slip by between when our church mm-hmm. stopped meeting and because we just felt like we've got to keep going with this, even though we're really down about it. Um, so we went to a little Baptist church for a while, and then we found out about Christ the Word Church, which was actually in Ohio, in Toledo. The problem with that was is that it's a PCA church. It was a brand new PCA church that was just getting started. And my husband is Baptist, and well, I am too. We are Baptists, but he would be the one that would be the elder, not me. Right. So he's the so one who would have couldn't... to sign that document. Yeah. So, you know, with their strict beliefs on baptizing infants and being an elder, Max could not have been an elder there or really much of a leader, even okay. though he really wanted to do something like that. I think also David Bailey saw that. He's like, this guy needs to do something. And mm-hmm. His hands are kind of tied. So, yeah, he's always wanted to be a pastor. He's called to be a pastor and was working for Frito-Lay just to provide for his family. And he liked it okay, but he knew that um, it was kind of interesting when I look back because our neighbors would even come over and ask him questions about their they they were Roman Catholic and they became they started going to a Protestant church. So they would come and ask him questions. So Mm -hmm. even when he wasn't pastoring, he was... Mm -hmm pastoring. He was Shepherding. loving people yeah. and yeah. helping them and, and our other neighbors would ask him questions and it's just part of his what he loves to do and what mm-hmm. God has called him to do. Mm-hmm. So David Bailey got in touch with Tim Bailey and Tim Bailey is the pastor here at Clearnet Church at the time. <laughs> I don't want to be too confusing, but at the time it was Church of the Good Shepherd. <laughs> um, so they were talking and Pastor Bailey in Bloomington was looking for a pastor that would help with starting up small groups. They had in mind even at the beginning to help with worship, help kind of figure out what they should do about the music in the church and families. So all that happened at the same time Max was looking into being a manager at Frito-Lay. So both of these things were kind of spinning around us. Mm -hmm. Um, What are we going to do? Should Dave go into management at Frito-Lay? Should he be an assistant pastor in Bloomington? So it was interesting because I remember he went and bought a new pair of shoes because he had to go for this big interview. It was the big. He had been to smaller interviews for Frito-Lay. And so he's going to the big interview to see if he's going to be a manager or not. Mm -hmm. And so he went and bought a new pair of dress shoes because he had to dress up. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, well, either way, whatever he does, he needs a new pair of shoes. (laughs) He really does need a new pair of dress shoes. (laughs) Either way, we're not wasting those. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) It was almost like right on the same evening. I think it was the same evening he he was going to go for his interview and Tim Bailey called him and either offered him the position for sure or wanted him to move further with this interview process for mm. the church. And I can't remember if it was a definite thing or if it was just a pretty sure thing. So at this point, how were you feeling about the whole process? Honestly, I was excited about Dave getting into management at Frito-Lay because I knew his hours would be better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he wouldn't have to get up so early in the morning. I assume a significant raise as well. And then he'd get more. We would have more money to yep. put into mm-hmm. our farm. 
And you could stay on the farm. And, and we could stay on the farm in my wonderful world. And that's kind of how I was leaning toward the Frito-Lay thing. And I really, my in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, I don't want to. You know, when we went to plant our church, our whole lives were the church. Mm-hmm. We just... Every we gave everything. Every the office was in our home. The um, somebody I remember one time somebody said, "Is your last name Vineyard?" Because it was a vineyard church that we were planting. Um, <laughs> so, but everything, and then it fell apart. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I don't want to do that again. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. want to. You don't want to invest give that everything. Much of your life. Yeah. And I remember feeling like everybody was watching us, oh, and they yeah. really weren't. It was our our families were. For sure. Yeah. And um, <laughs> well, you're talking to two PKs. So uh, <laughs> we know yeah. what you mean. I was gonna say, yeah. My sister had mm-hmm. called me and we were talking on the phone. She was telling me about this Bible study she was going to. Okay. And she was talking about wives submitting to their husbands. I think she was reading Martha Peace's book, The Excellent Wife. And she was telling me about it. And I thought, huh, that's really interesting. That makes a lot of sense. You know, the Bible does say that. I had just never heard it all put together before and actually taught. Um, Submitting to your husband, uh, helping him, being for him, and not trying to work against him, and just working together as a couple instead of trying to do your own thing. So it was really helpful and very timely. So when finally Dave and I had been talking about what are we going to do, what are we going to do, and we just talked here and there about it, but we finally sat down and, you know, looked at, you know, what are we going to do? Are we going to move? You know, mm-hmm. do we really believe what God has said? Uh, should we move or are we being stupid? You know, yeah. it, it's faith's kind of like that. Yeah. It's like, is this really what I should do? Or am I being really stupid? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, our son was in his senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, that was a big thing. Does he, do we need to pick him up and take him to another high school his senior year? Well, come to find out when we talked to him about it, it was not a big deal. I Mm. think, you know, it was a bigger deal for me than it was for him, which is kind of funny. You know, leaving all our, you know, the barn that we built and and all those things and leaving our friends there. We had really good neighbors that we loved. They were an older couple that became like, kind of like grandparents to our kids because they lived so close. Mm -hmm. So after listening to my sister, though, it really helped me to think ahead and to know that I needed to put my husband before what I felt like I wanted and what I wanted. I knew that he would he would live just fine as a Frito-Lay salesman or a Frito-Lay manager, but I knew he would not be happy as far as where God wants him and what he was called to do. Mm-hmm. And he would be able to minister to people around him, I'm sure. In, our, in that church there, he would mm-hmm. probably have led people even though he wasn't you know, he wouldn't be a, you know, leader with a title. So I'm sure he would have been fine. But I just wanted to look at the whole situation and um, think about what God was going to do with him and with our family. So I did tell him my opinions about some things, but I tried not to be, but what about this? And what about this? And I don't really want to go. And I don't. Mm-hmm. And some things that were really scary about Bloomington to me was I love the farm, of course. I love blue collar. That's what I was raised in. Uh, my dad was a blue collar mechanic. He worked on boilers and he worked in a chemical plant. And that's what I knew. All his friends were blue collar. Um, and we would be moving into Bloomington with white collar college professors. Mm-hmm. 
graduate students and all of these intellectuals. Mm, and Just a very different culture. That was very scary to me. Uh-huh. So um, we decided to move to Bloomington, and I really tried hard just to keep my mouth shut and not to say negative things. And I'm sure I did say some negative things, but I really worked hard not to. I asked God to help me. I prayed a lot, and I know the Holy Spirit helped me. And we moved here, and someone provided us a place to live for free because it took us over a year to sell our our house in Michigan. So paying for a mortgage and trying to rent something was just like, that was impossible for us financially. So we moved here. What did you see sort of open up and change in Pastor Max once you guys moved here and he was doing some of the work? At first, any first job is difficult. Oh, yeah. Um, just getting to know the people you're working with and what's expected of you. But we could, I could tell right away, this is just, I'm really glad we did this. This is what he, his calling is. And he was genuinely helping people. He did get small groups started, and that's been a real blessing to this church. I, he also had some influence on the worship. Our church went through a big change of selling a building that we were in and renting a, bil- a school building for a while, while while we were building this building. Um, that was difficult for the church, and so I think it was good to have some someone as a pastor who had rented buildings before and mm-hmm. had gone through all that before. Yeah, so that was when you were church with your church plant, that right? Were, yeah. So yeah, it was definitely a good a good move. So then as a pastor's wife now, how did you see some of your day-to-day responsibilities changing? You know, thinking back on uh, at, to that time, mm-hmm. would you have been horrified? Like, please, no, save me. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Life was just really laid back in Michigan. So yes, I probably would have looked back and, or looked forward, forward and said, oh, no, I don't know <laughs> if I can do that. But, you know, it's sending the children to a Christian school, which was a ways away from where we were living. Oh, yeah. And then immediately, before we actually moved here, I remember somebody called me and asked if I could make cookies for a wedding here in Bloomington. It was before (laughs) we even moved, and I thought, whoa. You're like, whoa, they're calling me before I'm even there. What's it going to be like? And then somebody asked me, do you have a freezer that we could put the cookies in or so? I don't (laughs) remember, but it was so funny. I was like, wow, they're busy people. They help each other a lot. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) Oh, dear. Um, But at the same time, it, it was exciting and fun because... I remember all the elders and pastor's wives would get together once a month. I always liked that because I really could get to know some women better. Um, One thing that was really intimidating was the church had started this mentoring program. So they would match up an older woman with usually a college student because we have a lot of college students here at the church. And I was paired up with this doctoral doctorate student she was going to be a president of a university that was her plan you know uh-huh. and that was who i was supposed to mentor i'm like oh man that's pretty <laughs> i wish she should be mentoring me <laughs> <laughs> that was what i wanted to do but i think very practically actually of her big pair because yeah. What you needed to mentor her in was... It was just practical. Yeah, practical godliness godliness and and living. and (laughs) So, well, now you live right next to the church and your house is open all the time and you have people in and out of your house (laughs) constantly. Yes, (laughs) just the other night, two people walked in our our house and we didn't know they were in there. (laughs) They walked in. We're in there watching a British mystery 
and murder mystery and and we're like who what who is in here (laughs) so he sticks their head around the door hi but then do you feel like you guys are just always at work or is there any sort of like wishing there is a separation between church and home life um sometimes it gets to be that way Uh, depending on what's going on what kind of crisis is going on at church or what is going on but Typically, we can get away. I mean, we can. We like to go walking, um, so we like. <laughs> we get. A, there's not a mall on this side of town, so we walk at Menards. <laughs> go Menards. We love that Menards. We always <laughs> see you guys there. <laughs> so um, we can get away. Yeah. Uh, Dave always has his phone, and and he gets a lot of calls even on his day off. But typically, we can get away. What would you say the hardest transition for you? The most difficult thing? Changing your way of life. One is I remember thinking, oh, no, we're going to leave here. He's got a good job, and we're going to go back into poverty as a pastor. He's going to not make much money. Well, at first he didn't, but life just goes on, and you make it. You don't, you know, there's no big windfall of money, or you just work, and you pay your bills, and you just live. But we are in no way in poverty. <laughs> That's just kind of a kind of a silly fear that I had. And oh, I have chickens here, <laughs> and we do have a little a little tiny farm, a little tiny farm, um, and we grew pumpkins. So it's like God blessed me with that because mm-hmm. I enjoy it. Yeah, it gets me out of the house and it gets me outside to take care of the chickens and to to garden. Um, Beautiful flowers, I might add. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. Thank you. Do you feel like you've taken on your husband's ministry with him, and that it's something you guys do together? You know, I don't want to seem like a big baby because it seems like everything I say is so intimidating to me. But counseling people is not a strong suit of mine. My mom is a counselor. She's gone to school to be a counselor. And I've always thought I am not a counselor. But I have done and often do uh, counseling with Max and a lot of premarital counseling. And You did our premarital counseling. (laughs) (laughs) And just... Helping people really with different things with their children or different mm-hmm. things going on in their marriages. And it's not as difficult as I thought it was going to be. It's just being available to people and loving them and giving them sound advice and praying for them. So what are some practical advice or encouragement you would give to women who might be in a similar situation that you were, who husband's going to take on a different job or they may have to move or major career change, major life change, Mm -hmm. having to follow them to a different state? Well, first of all, I would say don't be afraid to tell your husband your fears without being nasty or (laughs) mean about it, but just tell him what what concerns you. It's probably a lot of the same things that would concern him about about the decision. And then I would also say give yourself to your husband, and I don't just mean sexually or physically, but give him, you know, all your resources, all your care, all your energy. Yeah. Mm. And give yourself to him and don't try to walk down a different path, but just walk with him and help him. I just remember when we were living away from the church here, we we were here in Bloomington, but it was about a 30 minute drive to where we lived. Anyway, I remember Max telling me, I don't know what I said or what I was doing, but I was really, I did really struggle at that time Mm -hmm. because he was gone a lot and 
it, it was up to me. The family was up to me pretty much because not only was the drive long, but if he could have, if we lived in town, he could have come home for supper and then gone to the meeting. But oh, yeah. he couldn't. He had to stay in town. So he was gone a lot. But I remember at one point he looked at me and said, Annie, we have to do this together. If we don't do this together, if we're not plowing together, if we're not walking in the same path, it's not going to work. I'm not your enemy. I just remember him saying that. Because sometimes I would look at him like he was my enemy, like he was against me. Mm-hmm. You, totally you need to walk the same path and go yeah. down the same road. If you were living on this farm and, you know, you liked your somewhat enclosed home life, you know, where you weren't having to interact with other people all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you consider yourself an introvert? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Do you feel like the job that your job description now is at odds with your with your gifting, with your personality? Do you ever feel that way? Typically, no. I don't feel like it's at odds. Sometimes I feel pushed a little too far with what I should be doing. But typically, it's because I've pushed myself a little too far. Not said no when I should have said no. Or Yeah, I. it's interesting because I, I am an introvert. But I look at my week this week. I used to look at the calendar and think, oh, I don't have any day that I don't have anything to do. Everything, all day, every day I have something I need to do. And that does happen sometimes. This week is kind of like that, you know, parent-teacher conferences yeah. and, and teaching and Kimmy has volleyball game, you know. But I've learned that that's just life. That's mm-hmm. the normal That's what a normal person (laughs) lives like, especially when you have children. Um, Life is busy. And so I've learned to cope with it for the most part and enjoy it. And Max read me a verse, and I don't know where it was found, but it was basically telling us to enjoy our work, to work hard and enjoy our work. And I wish I knew what verse it was. But he read it to me this morning. He said, this is my verse for being 55 years old. And I thought, this is really good because work is good. Mm -hmm. And being joyful in it is what we're supposed to do. If your husband is called to be a pastor, then you are called to be a pastor's wife. And that is a particular role with particular responsibilities. Yes. So what what does that mean for you? I think about specifically... I think about when Max goes and visits someone in the hospital. I don't particularly like to do that. Or he goes to someone's house because he needs to and it's going to be uncomfortable or it's going to be a difficult meeting and I know it's going to be. And he wants me to come and he doesn't say, you need to come. He's like, I really need you to come because he he likes me to be with him when when he's in situations like that. So, you know, I want to get to visit these people in the hospital and know some of these people that I know and and see their new brand new babies and see and pray for them when they're sick. And because if I was not Max's wife, I just wouldn't be doing that unless it was my good friend in the mm-hmm, hospital mm-hmm. or a neighbor. I wouldn't be going to the hospital and meeting someone from, you know, sometimes it's, hi, this is my wife. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's a blessing because... Otherwise, I wouldn't get to do that. I wouldn't be Mm -hmm. a part of people's lives like that. Even Mm -hmm. funerals, you know, someone lost a baby not too long ago. And just because I'm the pastor's wife, Mm -hmm. I was allowed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was a very small funeral. I was allowed to go to the funeral Mm -hmm. and to comfort them and to Mm -hmm. give them hugs and pat their little boys on the head. They had Mm -hmm. just lost a, you know, their baby brother. And so... I wouldn't necessarily be able to do that if I wasn't 
uh, pastor's wife. And the same thing with weddings. I just went to a very small wedding. Mm-hmm. The only reason why I was there is because I'm Max's mm-hmm. wife. So mm-hmm. it was like opportunities that typically a regular uh, life that I was living in Michigan, which was fine, I would have not been able to be a part of all these mm-hmm. things. So you really can recognize that as a privilege? Yes. That's beautiful. At first, no. Yeah. When we first moved here, yeah. no. And sometimes I still struggle with it, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I, right now it sounds all great. Um, but, you know, <laughs> if there's one thing I am very, I'm very emotional. And like one minute I'll feel one way and two <laughs> minutes later I'll feel totally different. So for the most part, yes. Yeah. But through your husband's calling, seems that God's given you a deeper love for people and definitely use that to develop in you that heart definitely yes and I remember when we moved to plant a church I always knew that I just felt like I didn't have the compassion for people that Max seemed to have and I just remember praying that God would Mm -hmm. you know change my heart and give me that compassion that he that I saw in my husband because I really wanted to help people but it just seemed to not be there and yes God puts that in my heart and he, he is doing that for me yes and it's turned out to be a wonderful thing I mean everything is not perfect um, but now I could say I'm a pioneer woman not in a container my container is opened and I can go out and people can come in and so um, it's very different and and I'm grateful to God for how he's led us through all of these things it's been wonderful is hosted by Katie Walker and Michael Crum. It is produced and edited by Nathan Alberson with help from Ben Salser, and it is executive produced by Nathan Alberson and Jake Mensel. If you like the show, please don't forget to rate and review in the app of your choice. And if you're interested in more great content, including articles written by me and Michael and even some of our guests, please visit warhornmedia.com.